So you can almost think about it as a as an content hub where employees find everything that they need, whether it is for internal knowledge sharing or then externally. So they can share share content with each other or then to their connected social media networks. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. All right, everyone. Today we have Michael LaRenta, who is the COO and co-founder of SMARP, which is a leading employment engagement and advocacy platform. I'm going to let him explain what that means in a second. But Michael, how's it going? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I know you're in, in Finland right now, so uh, really, really grateful for that. But uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about you. What What is your story? Yeah, so um, thanks for having me again. My name is Michael. I'm originally from Helsinki, Finland. I'm the co-founder of the startup that we founded actually straight out of university with my co-founder, Rope. We're both currently based in, in Helsinki, but um company is around 60 employees now. We have offices all over the place, uh, Helsinki headquarter, then London, Stockholm operations and offices elsewhere in Europe and, and, and New York. So that's kind of in a, in a, in a nutshell, uh, me and, and, and the company. Great. So how long ago did you, did you start the company? Uh, it was already seven years ago. So 2011 when we were about to graduate, but, but, uh, we've done a couple pivots. So, so we didn't have this idea from the get-go, but kind of like we've, we've failed a couple times and we've learned from those mistakes and, and moved on. So tell us what that means. I mean, what, what does employment engagement advocacy actually mean? Yeah, so what we actually want to be is the primary place where employees find and share professional content. So you can almost think about it as a as an content hub where employees find everything that they need, whether it is for internal knowledge sharing or then externally. So they can share share content with each other or then to their connected social media networks. Right. Okay. Great. And, and so how how does your I mean you know, that that sounds good. How do companies use Smart? What's like a real life use case or a case study? Yeah. So kind of like what companies are struggling with right now is that uh, it's kind of like a silly problem that they have too much content. So they're bombarding employees with content, but at the same time the content is not relevant. So kind of what we have created is a platform, a software, as a service where the employees can really customize and personalize what they're getting, uh, and they can they can get all the information and content on the go. So kind of like when you go to a traditional intranet, for example, uh, it's not personalized for you. You cannot use it on mobile usually, or at least not outside the office. So kind of like we're solving a lot of issues with internal communication, but also as an added bonus, some of the content. Uh, it's perfectly good for sharing external from the organization as well. So you can connect your social media networks and share uh, some pieces of content to your networks on LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever that might be. Okay. So let's say I'm an employee working for a company that I might, you know, if I have any questions or, all, or you know, maybe I'm onboarding for the first week, you know, I can go ahead and just log into Smart and find what I need to get going. 
Yeah, exactly. So we want you to have one place where you know that you can get all the information that you need, whether it's onboarding materials or then like the latest sales materials, for example, or or anything really depending on what the company does and what the size is and what the problems are, both in internal or then external communication. Great. And what kind of I mean, what kind of companies do you typically work with? Yeah, so we have a lot of different types of clients, like uh, the huge ones, some of the biggest companies in the world, uh, big four companies uh, in Europe and, and U.S. And, for example, European Commission is an interesting uh, client, so both from the public and private sector. We also have high-growth companies like MuleSoft in the U.S., which actually IPO'd and then got bought by Salesforce. So so really, uh, you name the industry or the size of the client can utilize SMART. But then, of course, like depending on your, or your goals and then the difficulties or problems you're having, there are different kind of use cases for, for SMART as well. Okay. And so how, how much are these, these companies typically paying and how are you charging as well? Yeah, so the business model is seat-based pricing. So depending on how many employees you have, uh, you buy licenses to those employees. Great, and I mean, so for each employee, how much? Is that, how much is that typically for a company? It starts at around ten dollars per user per month. Great. Okay. And they are year, yeah, yearly prepaid licenses. Okay. And so I, I think for something like this, it, it's not like you know, I'm not sure if people are actually out there. Perhaps they are, you know, searching around for employment, employment engagement tools or things like that. I guess how are you, how are you marketing, how are you growing the the software right now? Yeah, so it depends, of course, uh, on the keywords a little bit. Somebody might be looking for an employee engagement uh, app or somebody might be looking for an employee communication app or more from the employee advocacy and the external sharing side. But we really have three channels. One is uh, inside sales, one is uh, our partners, and then online. online. And, and right now, the biggest one for us is uh, inside sales. So our sales reps actually contacting, reaching out, outbounding companies all over the world. Right. That's interesting. So I, I want to come back to that in a second in, in terms of like, you know, getting a conversation started for a more, I would say this is a little, a little more complex kind of sale. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, can you, what kind of numbers can you share around the business today in terms of revenues, customer growth, things like that? Yeah. So we're growing pretty fast. We have uh, over 300 clients, uh, around 3 million revenue. So those are not secret, secret pieces of uh, information. But um, yeah, around 100% year-on-year growth, so so we've been doing pretty well. Okay, and then originally, I mean, you started, um, it was a social media consulting business, correct? Yeah, actually, like the earliest, earliest kind of like clients were, were purely for like consulting uh, around social media, but pretty quickly we came up with an idea for our first software that we actually pivoted away from because like people just weren't willing to, to pay for it. So So it was kind of like an online... A video platform where we made videos on like how to utilize social media and how to give a good impression of yourself on social media. Uh-huh. Then kind of like we evolved more to that employee advocacy and external sharing from the company. But then we realized that there are kind of like bigger issues and more issues in, in getting the internal communication to work in the first place. So nowadays, uh, employee advocacy is still still a feature within the platform, but it's it's kind of like not the only and not the main focus. So getting your employees uh, on board and engaged uh, in what the organization or the company is doing and then also sharing some of that content externally. So kind of like it's a more holistic communication platform right now than just external sharing. So it's not, I mean, originally the, the company was not a social media consulting company. It's more of like a kind of video training company. 
Yeah, so that was the first product that we had. Right. Okay, makes sense. And how many other pivots did did, did you go through? Pretty much like just those two, kind of like first, like from the couple consulting cases to having an actual yeah. uh, product and then to doing EA first, first the employee advocacy software product in the world and then, then kind of like evolving beyond just being an employee advocacy software provider to what we're doing nowadays. Right. And you've been working with the same partner for over seven years or so. I mean, to, to go through two pivots, as, you know, each one it must be really draining. So can you talk a little bit to, you know, working with the same partner for over seven years or so? Because that's, I mean, we've seen that happen on this podcast a couple of times, but I'm always interested in, in the, you know, the longevity and, and you guys kind of powering through the, the tough times. Yeah, no, like it's it's been a pleasure. Of course, we had our, our hardships and we've had our good times. But like Rava is one of the one of the smartest guys I know, and and it's a pleasure working uh, with him. He's the co-founder and the CEO, and and uh, yeah, of course, the company's grown to around sixty people already. So it's not like it's just me and me and Rava sitting uh, in in somebody's living room. Like that's how we started out from. But but um, yeah, it's a pleasure working with him. And we have kind of like different different roles and duties, so it's not getting getting boring working with him for sure. Can you speak to any challenges that you guys faced? I mean, was there any point where just like you know, man, you know, maybe we should go our separate ways and, and give up? I'm just wondering, you know, what uh, tough time stories you can speak to? Yeah, of course. Like we we kind of like failed and uh, several times, and and uh, I, I think it's a good thing. I I feel like and believe that you learn a lot more from your mistakes than you learn when everything's going well. So kind of like starting from like we did the couple pivots, like creating a product that people didn't want to buy or didn't want to buy enough. So kind of like that was a first first big big mistake actually going forward and 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 selling creating and selling a product that didn't end up being successful enough. One of the biggest learnings and takeaways also when we started to get some traction and clients and, and revenue and money, we were like, okay, we need to hire some more people now. But but what we really learned is that you don't grow the company by growing the headcount. So it shouldn't be just like hiring to get, get more people on board. You should always be very careful when you're hiring yes. and uh, yeah, really trying to improve the organization and the talent that's around you. So do you have, I mean, I, I think that's completely right, right? People will try to raise a lot of money, and the first thing is they just want to hire a bunch of headcount. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you, What? it sounds like you've learned from that, but do you have any kind of processes or procedures that you've added in place now for, you know, adding new new headcount? Because it sounds like you've been burned by adding too many people. So I'm just wondering, you know, what can you share around that? Yeah, well, something that sounds like very simple or, or stupid, but kind of like, for example, always hire people that will increase the kind of like average that you have. So kind of always hire to improve the the people that you have. So uh, he or she has to be kind of like better than, than the average person that's working at your company at any given point. So then when you keep doing that, then then you kind of like improve the entire group together. Right. Okay. Great. So talk a little more about employee advocacy. You know, how are how are people how are you even making people even aware of of this uh, this problem? So I guess let's speak to employee advocacy first and go from there. Yeah. So employee advocacy is all already kind of like uh, taken off and people recognize and we're getting we're getting a lot of traffic and people are talking about it like at first if you haven't heard about it like it sounds weird you're like is that like legal term or something but but it is actually like already like uh kind of trending on 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 google if you search for it like you're getting a lot of hits for all all, all sorts of competitors or companies that are doing it so 
kind of like that is already getting getting more and more mature but then then some of the other things like employee engagement software or employee communication software are not necessarily so so hot or or trendy right now so we feel like we always need to keep keep evolving and keep innovating and not get stuck with something although we've been like highly successful doing it interesting okay so yeah i mean i'm looking at uh i'm looking at i'm actually looking at the google trends right now for employee advocacy what are what are some of the other keywords other keywords, yeah. Uh, in addition to employee advocacy, were uh, knowledge sharing, of course, your like digital workplace, employee engagement, employee communication. Those types of things uh, usually lead people to our website as well. Wow. Those are the issues that they're facing and trying to solve. Yeah, I'm looking at the three. At least in the let me switch this to worldwide right now, and then maybe you can speak to this a little bit. So I'm looking at it. I put employee advocacy, knowledge sharing, and employee engagement. Mm-hmm. Employee engagement is far and away the highest one, and it's it's continuing to trend up. Uh, employee advocacy is yeah. probably the lowest one, but it's starting to trend up as well. Yeah. Now knowledge sharing has been flat. So um, I guess what else is, is it sounds like employee engagement ties in with a, a it's like an all encompassing kind of thing. So can you speak to what employee engagement is? Yeah. So, of course, the definition is, is kind of like also a little bit slippery. But what is a known fact is that employee engagement is at an all time low and, and the numbers are pretty alarming, like globally or just looking at the U.S. or, or any any region, uh, really like the studies differ a little bit but like according to some studies like only 17% of employees are actually engaged in in what they what they do so kind of like anything that you can do to improve employee engagement at workplaces uh, should be of like the utmost importance for any company really so actually getting employees to uh, enjoy and love what they do and kind of like buy into the company values and their mission and vision again so kind of like those things and any any kind of like tools or or things you can do to improve that right okay it sounds like i mean you know anybody that signs up for smart it's probably pretty sticky because you know you want because these things are they're going to continue to add to the knowledge base right and people they're going to continue to add people too so is that true are people pretty sticky with this product yeah so the retention uh, is looking pretty good and it's exactly like you said People get used to the certain platform and the content is there and the data is there. So so kind of like it gets harder and harder to, to switch the longer you've been using a certain system because then you lose all the all the kind of like data and, and, and the good good things about like sticking with a with a certain product. Right. Switching costs are, are a pain in the butt. So I mean if somebody hypothetically wanted to move off of Smart, would they be able to kind of download all their data and then just, you know, uh, if they want and move it move it across? Well, there are certain things that you can export from there, but technically, like uh, anything that, well, some some of the kind of like IP and processes are only available for for if you continue using the product. So there's only so much that you can kind of like get out of export or transfer right. from certain service. And then, of course, like the, it, it, you can't go and changing products every day. The 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 users, the employees are going to get annoyed. Because they they used to a certain interface or UX, and then when it changes, like there's some growing pains always. Okay. Now I, I want to come back to you know customer acquisition. I mean, it sounds like inside sales is a big portion of it. So how do you how do your salespeople even go about starting the conversation, people about what, about employment advocacy? Because I'm imagining if if mm. you know I, we all get a bunch of sales emails every single day, and if I get something about employment advocacy or whatever, I'm probably not going to open the email. So how are you guys starting these conversations? Because it sounds like it's a complex sale. Yeah, it is like B2B sales and kind of like a little bit 
consultative and a little bit more complex sales than 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 smaller transactions or more transactional sales. You can try and be clever, of course, with the with the subject line or the or the topic. Some people are actually already aware of employee advocacy, then that might work. But kind of like it could be just a question, you know, like what are you doing to improve your employee engagement or things like that. But uh, there are probably as many opinions as there are people on what sort of like email headings or titles or work. So so um, it depends on the, on the salesperson. But yeah, of course, it's a combination of email, phone, but also doing your groundwork and doing your research before like going on LinkedIn or whatever that is, or then just like keeping an eye out on conversations that are happening online or on social media and then jumping on those when you identify an opportunity. Yeah, I have to imagine there's, there's you know, objections from people, you know, A, it's, it's their time. And then second, it's like, oh, you know, uh, well, Michael, we already have like a, you know, an internet, we use Google Drive or something like that. And then, yep. you know, why should we, why should we kind of pay for this and have to do the actual work? So how do you guys speak to some of those types of objections? And of course, like if they, if you're able to start a conversation on the, on the phone or in the email, it becomes uh, easier, but uh, it's, it's more difficult to kind of like get them to answer to that first uh, outreach. But then from there, like it's pretty easy, like compared to an internet or another system they're using. Okay, well, how are you measuring? Uh, what sort of results are you getting? What's the engagement? Then they're like, well, we don't know, or it's crap, or or it's bad. So kind of like then it's easy to say that. Okay, I know that you've invested already in that, but hey, like look at the things that you can do with this. So it's more of a you can think of it as a complementary tool and support the investment that they're probably already done to something else instead of like replacing it entirely. Right. Okay. Makes sense. So what else is working for you in terms of customer acquisition nowadays? Uh, well, of course, we're getting a bunch of uh, leads. Uh, so kind of like in, inbound leads and, and, and increasing the number of those and then acting on those and converting them forward to like uh, marketing sales qualified leads and, and opportunities and, and closed business in the end. So kind of like we're getting a, getting a nice amount of uh, traffic to our website and, and, and leads as well. Okay, so this is, I'm assuming it's a combination of it's content marketing slash SEO? Uh, yes, and, and we really love content marketing. Uh, we do some like paid paid advertising as well, but um, kind of like content marketing is an investment that keeps paying itself back. So that's why we like it. If you if you pay for a click and then somebody clicks it, you kind of like you're, you're, you've lost that money. Hopefully you can convert that. But content marketing, uh, kind of like it, it keeps producing new leads and like some of our most read blogs uh, are, are kind of like, could be even a couple of years old. So so they're a good investment of your, your time and resources. Okay. And when you say content marketing, I mean, what is going on in your content mix? Is it blog posts, videos, and, and what does the cadence look like in terms of weekly production? Yeah, just producing good quality uh, content on different topics. Like, for example, of course, in Europe, like GDPR was a big thing. So GDPR related content, what do like marketers and people need to do to prepare for that? And then, uh, of course, we have some something related to employee advocacy or then internal knowledge sharing, employee communication. So choosing a, a topic and then producing good quality blog posts or content around that. We do a lot of interviews with some uh, industry thought leaders. Uh, we do, of course, podcasts and, and interviews like this. So so it's a nice, nice mix and, and a lot of new content out, uh, hopefully daily. 
Okay. And when you talk, I mean, I want to touch upon knowledge sharing for a second. So how do you get an organization, let's say employment engagement is, uh, or employee engagement is, is really low. And how do you get people to start actually, you know, sharing knowledge internally? Like what incentives do people have? Like let's, if people aren't engaged in the first place, mm-hmm. why would they even bother kind of adding to this, um, this, you know, library of content? Yeah, it sounds, sounds silly and, and stupid, but Kind of like the first step is uh, helping the employees realize that it's it's doable and it's okay and and uh, they can do it. So kind of like they're not doing it because they're not sure like how or where or if it's even okay. But when they're kind of like shown that hey, please like we know that you're an expert in this or that topic, so please help your colleagues or the company become better by sharing whatever you know or content you're producing. Or if you find an interesting article online, like please do share that with your colleagues that could be useful too so just like letting them know that that it's okay and they're encouraged to do that is is the first step okay and have you guys built in anything to help kind of uh incentivize or perhaps even gamify people maybe there's like a leaderboard for example for the people that are contributing the most anything like that yeah actually there is so it it is gamified so you get points for certain actions then those points get you on the leaderboard and uh, yeah, you can even have some sort of like perk or reward system on the platform as well. But also what works really well, again, it's very simple, is, is giving recognition either internally or then externally to the uh, most active employees. For example, your CEO going on Twitter and saying that, hey, thanks for this and that employee for, for being the most active content contributor or something this week or month that goes a long way just showing your appreciation to the employees that are participating great i love it all right so we're going to work towards excuse me wrapping up here so what is one new tool that you've added in the last year that's added a lot of value to your life so it could be like maybe you bought a new bike for example or it could be adding a new (laughs) app like evernote let me think about that for a little bit mentioned bike uh we actually have this like city bike system now in in helsinki so kind of like uh that's that's been nice not having to actually own a bike but you can just take it up anywhere Mm. we changed uh crm system lately but uh that's kind of boring like we've already used slack for quite a well which crm we actually switched to salesforce so so okay (laughs) we're definitely not a, not a startup anymore, so to speak. Like we consider ourselves more of a scale up. So so Salesforce being good for us now from the reporting side. We're using Slack internally, and of course we're using our own own product as well for internal communication. Those are like some of the things that come to mind right away. Okay, great. So we'll we'll, start, we'll, we'll I mean we got bike sharing, and then the 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 startup apps that people typically hear about. Um, and but I, I mean. Bike sharing is kind of big everywhere now. I mean, we have like scooter sharing in LA and then uh, in San Diego, and then we have bike sharing all over, I guess, bike sharing is all over China now. Anyway, yeah. how about a must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? Could be for entrepreneurs, could be just a fiction book. Yeah, I was thinking about it, and actually, like, probably most people that are appearing on this podcast are probably rec- recommending some sort of kind of like business book or like do this or do that, but I'd recommend people to read more fiction. I feel like your brain uh, needs needs a break every now and then from all the kind of like uh, nonfiction text that you're reading at work. So I don't know, read a poem, read a book, read whatever is kind of like non-work related. So it can give you a fresh perspective on on life or, or a problem that you're working on. 
Okay, so what do you recommend? Well, lately I've been reading, for example, John Irving or Kurt Vonnegut or, or something like that. Okay, that's helpful. All right, and how about, I guess in terms of maybe perhaps podcasts or publications or blogs that you tune into every day, do you have anything in that in that realm? Yeah, so kind of like any, anybody who survived the, the GDPR regulation in terms of uh, blogs, so, so read those. Whoever kind of like got some some opt-ins after the the GDPR regulation changed, those are good. Uh, I really like the HubSpot CEO blog on Medium. That's a good one. Uh, something a little bit more niche, but I enjoy the Profit Well oh, yeah. podcast as well for for pricing related things. So so that's a that's a good source as well. I didn't even know that. I, I love their blog. I've, I've had um, Patrick on this podcast before. I didn't even know they had their own podcast. I'm literally adding it to my phone right now. So thank you for that. Yeah, and actually, like, don't don't quote me on this. I'm not sure if they have that podcast, but I've been also looking at their 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 videos and blogs. But I don't know, maybe maybe they have a podcast as well. So check it out. Well, I'm I'm uh, looking right now while I have you right here. So it doesn't seem like they have one, but I mean, it's probably easy to find him um, in some other podcasts. But anyway, Michael, this has been great. What's the best way for people to find you online? Connect with me on Twitter or LinkedIn. My uh, my Twitter. Twitter name is M-L-A-U-H-A. So that's that's easy, but I don't know. Maybe you can have it somewhere. I'm Lauha. Okay. Perfect. Well, Michael, we'll put this in the show notes. Uh, thanks so much for doing this, and we hope to talk to you again sometime soon. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure, and, and all the best. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.